This morning, uh, as I share, I want to talk about anchored in hope. As we celebrate Easter, we celebrate one of the most uh, momentous times in history. A time in history where we celebrate uh, life over death. We celebrate the miraculous and the power of God influencing and impacting this world in a way that it has never experienced. This was 2,000 years ago, but it is still alive today. And I want to share with you some thoughts from Hebrews on being anchored in the hope that God brings. Why is hope important? Well, hope today, I think, if we look around us, hope is important because people are searching for answers. People are searching for something they can hang on to or something they can hold on to. And that is something that you and I have inside of us that we can share with others, and that's hope. In today's world, hope sometimes is misunderstood or it's translated or used as a feeble hope or a, almost a fainting wish, a desire that we think uh, is impossible and would never happen. And it becomes very subjective to our thoughts, our abilities, our reach, and our aspects that we can influence. But the hope that God talks about in the Bible is not a hope that is feeble and it is not subject to us. The hope that we read about in the Bible is based on God and what he did and who he is. It's not a hope that is fleeting. It's interesting when you read a lot of poetic uh, verses on hope, quite often they paint it as a feeble. There was a distant hope. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm sure we've heard of that expression. And I hope it's not a freight train. And so we have this picture of hope, but it's almost like it's impossible, but I'm just going to go for it. But in the world that we live in through the scriptures, which is my worldview is based on what the scriptures say, it says that the hope that I have is sure and it's steadfast because of Christ and what he did for me and what he did for you. So I want to take a few verses this morning out of Hebrews chapter 6. I'd like to read them and then I just want to share a few of the words out of that passage to build your hope, to build your faith, and to build your expectation today. Because you are in this moment in history to impact someone else's life. You are not just living for yourself. You are living to impact others for eternity. So I've got uh, Hebrews 6 open and I'm going to read that for you this morning. I'm going to start in verse 18. It says that by two unchangeable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope set before us. So I want this morning, I want you, if you can imagine, there's hope in front of us, and I want us to grab it and take hold of that hope that is in front of us. This is not some fleeting idea. This is a hope that is sure and certain. And so this morning, we're going to take a hold of that hope. As we celebrate Easter, we are celebrating a renewed hope and a hope that sees life trump death, life over death. They thought Jesus was dead, but he rose again. We are celebrating the miraculous and the uh, monumental time in history where Christ was raised from the dead. And because of that, I have a hope and you have a hope. So this morning, we're going to grab that hope and we're going to be encouraged by the hope that God brings and gives to you and I. 
So in verse 18, it says we're going to take hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So I want to just pray as we take a few moments here. I'd like to pray before we go further. Father, I just ask as we take these time and these moments, as families scattered throughout this community, Lord, that your presence would come within our homes. Lord, two or three are gathering together all over this community, all over this region, all over this nation. Lord, all over the world that we are celebrating resurrection today, Lord, as families. And Lord, I ask as we take the few moments, Lord, that your spirit would come, invade our space, permeate our rooms, our family rooms, our homes. Lord, that we would celebrate your goodness in your precious name. Amen. I want to show you a few thoughts with respect to the word hope and that passage in Hebrews 6. It talks about and if you go back a little bit in Hebrews, first of all, Hebrews was a book written to the Jude, the people of believers of that time, but they were following back into uh, pre-Christ um, traditions and rituals. And the writer of Hebrews was saying, no, Christ has come and there's a better way. There's a better hope. There's a, a better, stronger way. And a, it's a better hope, a better covenant. It's made by better promises. And so the writer of the Hebrews was called, taking the people from old traditions and mindsets and he was bringing them forward into seeing what Christ had done and what, how Christ had fulfilled all those things. It's an amazing book. And in the first couple verses in chapter 6, he says, the writer says, listen, I don't want to lay again these foundations of repentance from dead works and what Christ has done. He says, but I want to move on to bigger and greater things. He talks about it's not just salvation, but it's more than salvation. And in verse 9, he says, I am convinced of better things for you. So this morning, as we navigate life, as we circumspect and look at this world and see everything around us, I am convinced that you and I as believers are going to be able to help others and there are better things for you and I in our relationship with Christ and our relationship with the world around us because of what Christ has done. And so that we will press in and we will see greater things. And then he continues and he talks about how Abraham had a hope and that hope is what he built his faith on, the promises of God. And then it brings us to this fat passage in verse 18 and 19 where we're to take hold of that hope. I am constantly taking hold of the hope that God has given me. Personally, I have found I need to grab hold of that hope because the world shakes, things around me shakes. There's turbulent things all around me. I'm not just talking about our current uh, coronavirus. There's life that happens that causes us to sometimes go, Is what's going on? But it's in those moments that we can hope in something that is sure and steadfast. So in verse 18, it talks about taking hold of that hope. In verse 19, he says, we have hope. We have as an anchor of the soul. Picture an anchor. He's talking about nautical terms here. He's talking about a picture of a ship 
and, an, and going out and see and what an anchor does. And I want to give a couple thoughts to you with respect to an anchor for your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Hope is there to give you some grounding and some faith and some strength in these moments. The anchor actually goes through something that is turbulent and it goes down to something that is solid. So when Paul, when, they, when Paul, when the writer of Hebrews is writing this, he says, listen, whatever happening around you, the turbulence that is facing you, drop that anchor and it will pierce through the turbulence. It will pierce through that ocean, that water. Those circumstances are happening and it will go down and it will anchor. It will hold on to something that is secure. And when that anchor went down, the ship did not lose. It stayed where it was. It did not get driven by the current, but it was solid and established and it was sure and steadfast. So the writer here is saying, listen, there's an anchor that we have and we drop that through whatever circumstance we're facing, the waters of life, if I could use that term, and it goes through those temporary things, through those situations, it pierces through that. The anchor that God gave us pierces through that and it attaches to something solid, sure, and certain. The writer here is talking about how it's an anchor of the soul. Today, more people are struggling with their mind, their will, and their emotions probably than we have heard or seen or experienced in just about all of our life. We are facing times that are unprecedented. These are all firsts, not just for one community, but for the whole world. And our mind, can start chasing and running and, and getting, playing games on us. And if we're not careful, if we don't anchor ourselves with the hope that Christ gives us, we will be all over the place. And I have found that, that there are times where I have to just reset, reboot, and go back to what he says and grab hold of that hope. Because otherwise, I have found my mind will just go crazy. My will gets affected and my emotions are scattered. And the word of God is, is something that brings us peace. And, and Paul writes to Timothy and says, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. So God wants to affect your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And hope is something that will do that. It's not fleeting. It is certain and it is sure. He uses two ways to express the certainty of the anchor. It's something that is sure. That word sure means it can be relied on. It's sure, it's certain. But it's also, the Greek word is the opposite to fail or to trip up. Have you ever seen somebody who uses the Murphy's Law? When something's going right, be careful because it's going to go wrong. You can't just keep on seeing things go well because eventually it's going to stop and your luck is going to run out as they would say it. Or somebody say, hey, I'm just going to feel good and sure enough, I'm going to get knocked out at my knees. But the, the hope that Christ brings, the hope that God has for us is something that will not trip you up. He doesn't lead you along and then all of a sudden say, hey, I got gotcha. you. 
No, the hope that God has for you and the hope that he has established for you and I, the hope that we have in him is something that is sure and it is certain and it will not fail you. Now, I say this in church a lot. Look at somebody in your house and look at them right now and say, his word will not fail me. I'll give you five seconds to say that and then smile at them and chuckle. See, I can still be funny even though I'm talking to you through this screen. So we have a sureness and a certainty of the hope. We also have a hope that is steadfast. That word is a little bit different than the word sure. It talks about grounding. That's a term that people use a lot these days. Are you grounded? Are you, have your feet on the ground? And there's actually some, uh, some very strong um, benefits of actually being grounded in life. And when we see it and we see how that is affected in our relationship with God, when we're grounded in Christ and we're grounded in the hope and the anchor of that hope, what we are is we are sure, we're steadfast, and we're solid on something solid. It is something that has a base. It doesn't filter away and it doesn't slip away. It is steadfast. I love the confidence that is expressed in the word of God. God's word is not weak. God's word is not feeble. God's word is not inconsistent. It is strong. It is certain. It is grounded because it is the word that we live by and what we stand on. As a, as a child, I would um, sometimes put a coin into a machine that was like a funnel and it would have all those pegs and the coin would go and it would bounce and it would have five or six different outputs. What I'd like you to think about is how do you filter what happens in life? And if you could imagine this picture, and this, this to me is clear in my mind, so I'm hoping I express it well to you. But we have this filter, and life is that coin, and it drops down. But the filter is actually the Word of God. And as I take what happens to me and I drop it down, I read God's Word that says this, and then I read another passage and it says this. And what I do is I take that life situation and I put it through the lens or the filter of what God says. And then at the end, I come out with the result of what God says and how I will respond. My worldview is based on God's word. The way I assess the world around me is based on his word. So when I, something happens to me, unemployment, a marriage relationship that isn't going well, finances that are struggling what I do is I put that up there and then I filter it through God's word and I see what God's word says about it and then it comes out the bottom and then I say this is where I'm going to stand because of God's word not my ideas but God's word and that is how we look at hope is something that we filter we are filtering the circumstances in life according to the word of God and how his word evaluates it, assesses it and states it because nothing is new to God. He's not surprised by what we're experiencing today. He's not, he's not going up in heaven saying, oh, Holy Spirit, what just happened? What are we going to do? No, he already knows and he is sure and certain. And he gives us that certainty and that steadfastness. There's a third thing that happens from the hope that we have, that anchor for the soul. It's sure, it's steadfast. And then it also says that it, enters within the veil. 
The hope that you and I have in these turbulent days is something that enters within the veil. And that speaks of direct, pure communication, communion, and talking with God, his presence. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He does not leave you out there alone, but he is with you always. So the hope that I have right now any moment, any millisecond that I'm facing something in today's world, in my life, in the situation that is facing me, I am within the veil. The hope that God has for us, you see, is a past hope based on what he did that affects me in the present and affects me in the future. His hope is built on what he did so that today, tomorrow, next week, and to the future, to my eternal destination, my eternity, is based on, on the hope that he did. It's a hope that is for the present, but it's also a hope for the future. And so that future is not just being uh, confined to today, but it's also for the future. But what's amazing is it's also relevant and real for today. So you and I, because of the hope that we have pulled on to, we have access within the veil, their direct communication, talking face to face with God, spending time directly with him, no interference, no third party, no, no other aspect that we have to go through. We have direct communication, direct line with God. And he's saying that's the anchor that we have for our soul, that it's sure, it's steadfast, and it's within the veil. And I want to continue on with that because what's amazing is the picture that the writer here continues in the theme of the nautical theme and he talks about where Jesus has entered. Why do you and I get to enter the veil? Because of what Jesus has done. As we celebrate Easter, we are celebrating everything that Jesus fulfilled. Nothing was missed. Nothing was unfinished. He finished it and filled it all, fulfilled it all and it is complete. And so when you and I go within the veil, why do we have that? Because Jesus went in, and the word here says, Jesus has entered as a forerunner. Now he talked about an anchor in the previous verse. And the forerunner in this verse was amazing as I was looking at it and studying it. It's also a nautical term. And that term is when a ship would come into the harbor, Sometimes it would not be able to get into the harbor because the tide was low and there might have been sandbags, bags, uh, sandbanks or rocks in the way. So the ship would actually stay out of the harbor. But what they would do is they would set a forerunner ahead of the ship from the ship and that forerunner would take the anchor and anchor it in the harbor. And listen to this. This is what Jesus has done for you and I. He has gone as a forerunner. And the way that I hold on to my hope and the reason why I can hold on to my hope is because what Jesus has done. And he went ahead through all the turbulence of life, all the uncertainties and the storms and the waves. And he took off and went ahead of us as a forerunner. And he took that and he brought the anchor and he put it into the harbor. And that was in the days of the, the writing of the book of Hebrews, that forerunner was a guarantee that that ship would be safe and it would get into the harbor. 
So this morning, I want to encourage you that you have hope. And it's not an uncertain hope. It's not a feeble hope. It's not a, a Murphy's Law hope. It's not a hope that if I just poke my head up, I'm going to survive, but no, somebody comes and knocks me down. It's not a cosmic killjoy hope. It's a hope that is sure and certain. And Jesus has gone ahead of you as a forerunner and dropped the anchor and said, this boat is now solid, safe, and secure because I have set the anchor as a forerunner. That is the confidence that I hang on to the hope when I read the word of God in light of any circumstance in life, when I read the word of God, my anchor and my hope is built on what he says. The hope I have is because of Jesus. He went before us and he prepared the way. He went ahead of us as a forerunner and now we get to experience what he established we get to enter into the veil because he went as a forerunner ahead of us. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. He took all the punishment. He redeemed us. It says that God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son. So as we celebrate Easter, we're celebrating life. We're not celebrating death. We are celebrating life and a renewed new hope that we have as believers because of what Christ has done. I want to say, if you've never experienced this hope, if you're watching and you've, you're looking at Easter and you're, you're looking at situations around you and you might be going, what's going on? I want to tell you, you can experience that hope right now. That hope is Jesus Christ. It's a person. His name is Jesus. And he has life and he has light. And you might, you might say, well, I've never experienced it. Well, you can experience it right now. Maybe you say, you know what, I've, I've experienced it in the past, but right now I'm struggling. I'm here to tell you that hope can be brought fresh and anew right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't even have to phone in anybody. You can do it right now where you are. You can talk with God and he can renew it or he can give you new hope, a new birth because of Jesus Christ. So what I'd like to do before I close, I want to take a moment and I'd like to pray with you if, if that's you, if you're saying, you know what, I'd like to experience that hope. Because right now, man, my boat is getting knocked, knocked all over the place. Man, one day it's here, one day it's there. I, I have so much uncertainty. I'm here to tell you there's a hope in Christ that will anchor you in this storm that will hold you secure. So no matter where that boat goes, it's secure. This storm will pass. And you'll be brought into that harbor and you'll be brought into a fresh and a greater uh, experience. So if you'd like to see that hope anew or renewed, can I pray with you? I just got a few sentences here to pray. But what I'd like you to do is to pray it out loud because I'd like you to hear yourself speak these words to God. It says, Father, so if you can repeat after me, Father, thank you for sending your son to die for my sins, taking my place. Thank you that Jesus paid the price once and for all for me to be right with you. I believe in Jesus that he is your son and I ask you to take over my life. Thank you for new life and thank you for new hope. Amen.
Now, can I ask you, if, if you prayed that, could you message us privately if you'd like, but message the church Facebook page, and we'd just love to be in contact with you. Or if you've said that just to be refreshed, we'd love just to connect with you. So if you could, you could send us a private message. You don't have to do it in the comments. If you'd like, you can do it privately, but we'd love to be in contact with you. In closing, I'd like to say a few other words. In 1 Peter 1, 3, it says that we're born again into a living hope. The hope that you and I have is something that's with us all the time because it's not something we generate. It's not something we manufacture. It's something that Christ has done for us and the hope that we have is sure. In fact, the hope we have is a fundamental element of our Christian life. In 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, after Paul has written all about the love chapter and we've read it, he says, now abides these three things. These three things, faith, hope, and love. Hope is as strong an element as faith is, and hope is as strong an element of love. It is a strong element in our life. It is not some fleeting or irresponsible thought. It is something that is built on what Christ has done for us. So I want to encourage you that today, Right now is your moment to step up and to demonstrate a hope to your community, to your neighborhood, to your loved ones. You and I can express the certainty and the steadfastness of the hope that we have in Christ right now in our community. This is your moment to be a city on a hill that cannot be hid. This is your moment. You have the hope that others are looking for, screaming for, desperate for. You have that hope. You right now can be that city set on a hill. This is your moment to be the salt of the earth. Don't wait. Do it now. Be the salt. Be the hope of the nations that Jesus is. Be that hope representative. This is your moment to be the light that cannot be extinguished. It cannot be hid. Why? It's all because of Jesus Christ. It is not to do with what I have done. It is everything to do with, with what he has done. And today, your moment is that you will see your hope is anchored, steadfast and sure because of Christ. And because of that, you can be a beacon of hope to those around you. So thank you uh, for joining me. I'd like to close with this blessing. Pastor Daniel shared it, and, and I just love it. This is a blessing from Numbers chapter 6. I want to close this, leave this with you. You might want to write this down. Numbers 6, verses 24 to 27. This is, a, this is something that you and I can speak over our lives. And I, as a believer and as a pastor, I want to speak it over your life right now. Even if you're struggling I want to speak this over you. It says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. May you be blessed and may you be a beacon of hope in your neighborhood. God bless you.